0: Hola y bienvenidos a Sex in Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with Chisme. When I began preparing for this first episode, I had a different topic in mind. However, with the recent murders of Black folks in our community, the lack of arrests, and what I hope is the next civil rights movement, I decided to push my introductory podcast back a week. You know, I've made a commitment to myself to begin speaking louder about racism and microaggressions, And more specifically, point out how prominent anti-blackness is in La Comunidad Latina. So this first episode is basically me uh, keeping a commitment to myself, which I think is extremely important. And I know you're probably thinking, like, what the hell does this have to do with sex? And a lot, actually. Um, Racism makes us more selective in who we date and who we marry, who we have children with, who we have sex with. These might even be people we don't even like or people that don't treat us how we deserve to be treated. These are people that maybe we're just dating simply because of the color of their skin or maybe the color that they're not. You know, this results in resentment of our cultures, resentment of our parents and other influential individuals in our lives. Racism brings disunity among our own people, which prevents us from advancing in the systemic racial climate that we live in. This breeds chronic stress, and it invites in chronic illnesses such as diabetes, hypertension, depression, anxiety, and this is just a short list of a laundry list of different chronic illnesses that there are, and also chronic illnesses that are prominent in the Latino culture. Um, this chronic stress that's that's in our that's so prominent in our culture because of this racism it also makes it hard for us to cure these chronic illnesses. You know, we can sometimes um, get rid of hypertension or depression, anxiety, things like that, but we stay in these, uh, we we stick with these illnesses because of this chronic stress. Chronic stress also breeds generational trauma. Generational trauma is trauma that is passed on to us by our ancestors, as well as trauma that we pass down to our children and future generations. Um, all of this leads to inorgasm, so the inability to orgasm. So basically we're losing orgasms because of chronic stress and racism. Racism also breeds the source of societal beauty standards. So societal beauty standards are essentially the way that society thinks that we should look, right? The way that that they see us. So women need to have their hair done and they need to have, you know, their makeup done or whatever it is, right? Well, this is also a hypersexualization of women and in particular, hypersexualization of women of color. So if you ever see women of color on TV, or in movies, or you know whatever, they're hypersexualized. They're especially Latinas. They're you know they're spicy or whatever. If they're not the maid, then they're like the sultry mistress or whatever you want to call it. And this hypersexualization um, perpetuates rape and other forms of sexual assault. Racism is also the source of binary gender roles. And these binary gender roles breed inequalities amongst men and women. So, you know, the the wage gap, things like that. It breeds machismo in and outside of our culture. And don't worry, mujeres, I will definitely be doing an entire episode on machismo. Um, Binary gender roles also pin women against one another. So we cannot fight for advancement when women of different races and ethnicities, ethnicities can't even get on the same page. So if you identify as Latina, Latino, Latinx, Chicana, Chicano, Chicanx, Hispanic, or something similar, you've probably witnessed anti-Blackness at one point or another in your life, whether it was in your own household or in the the community that you live in. And some common examples are, and please forgive me for saying some of these things, these are definitely not things that I personally say, but I want to bring to light how problematic these uh, terms and uh, dichos are. So first I'm going to start with the dichos. Hay que mejorar la raza. Trabajo como negro para vivir como un blanco. Nunca falta un priatito en el arroz. El niño es morenito pero está bonito. And then we use terms such as indio o india, naca o naco, mayate, pinacate, llanta. And these terms and phrases may be common and they're not always ill-intentioned, but that doesn't make it okay. It's all about intention versus impact here. So what that means is that although we might not mean any harm, there's still harm that is done as a result of using these terms and these dichos. These quote-unquote harmless words and phrases perpetuate the anti-blackness in la comunidad latina. We begin correlating the word black with bad or ignorant wrong. And then we see a black person on the street and those subconscious thoughts start creeping in and it affects how we perceive them, how we act around them, how we interact with them. Think about it. We grow up thinking that this shit is normal. It's just what we do. And maybe it is something that we that we do and that we have done in the past, but I'm telling you it has to stop Enough is enough already. Nuestra gente and people of color in general have enough generational trauma to deal with. We shouldn't have to face discrimination from other black and brown folks too. And our children and our nieces and nephews and the future generation of black and brown folks also do not need to deal with this generational trauma that we don't want to live with, right? We don't wanna pass down more trauma to them than they already experienced as black and brown individuals living in the United States. This ingrained discrimination and anti-Blackness all started with Las Sistemas de Casta. And if you're interested in learning about them, be sure to listen to my bonus episode this week where I give a little history lesson. So I didn't want to go too much into it on this episode just because that's not what this podcast is about, but I definitely think that it's important to learn about it. So if you're interested, in a few days it'll be out, um, I'll put it on my Instagram and I'll you know, you can listen to it there. So the CASTA system still have an impact today. And that's why I think that they're so important to learn about. But if you're just here for the sex, I totally understand. And I know you were all expecting an episode full of sex talk and there will be plenty in the episodes to come, no pun intended, Just, you know, sometimes we just have to have these hard discussions. And again, if you're interested in learning more about the CASTA system, be sure to subscribe and listen in the bonus episode later this week. And if you're having trouble getting uh, these conversations started with your loved ones, you know, if you want to talk about uh, anti-Blackness and racism and discrimination, marginalization, anything like that with your loved ones and you're having trouble doing that, feel free to reach out to me. I... You know, a while back I posted that I was willing to have, you know, conversations with people to help them get it started. And that offer is still up. It's free of charge. I'm not going to try to sell you anything during these calls. We can do it via Zoom, via phone call, text, whatever. Right. Um, I'm here to help you have these conversations. These are conversations that I have had myself. So I feel that I've had practice with them. And sometimes you just you know what you want to say, but you just need to, you know, maybe practice it a little bit. And if you want me to just sit there and listen to you then I'll do that too. So don't hesitate to DM me, send me an email, whatever you gotta do. So now I wanna move on to a segment I'd like to call la cochinada del dia. And the cochinada del dia is where I'm going to be clarifying common misconceptions about sex and sexuality. So today's cochinada is women who have had sex with multiple people are loose. I've seen this all over social media. I've heard people talk about it. I've read it in fiction books. Like, and it's just simply not true. It's it's not. Um, the vaginal walls stretch and retract. That's why women can give birth to babies and go back to their normal self afterwards. They can have multiple babies and not have this gaping hole in between their legs. Like the vagina does not work like that. Um, this myth is perpetuated by a lot of things, but I think that it's mostly perpetuated by purity culture. And if you don't know what purity culture is, I'm actually going to be doing a whole episode on that. Um, but for now, uh, with, it's within the conservative Christian context. It's the idea that anything out of heterosexual, so male-female marriage, um, is considered taboo. So that's kind of all you need to know for now that basically, if it's not within a heterosexual marriage, that it's considered like not okay. Um, And so, yeah, the the point is that this myth that women are loose, um, if they've had sex with multiple people, that this is perpetuated by purity culture. So think about it this way. If a woman waits until marriage to have sex with a man, and she has sex with this man multiple times over her lifetime, people don't assume that she's loose, right? On the other hand, if a woman has sex with several men one time, she's considered loose. So to me, that doesn't add up. That, That doesn't make any sense. What is the difference between multiple penises one time, and one penis multiple times. And I know that there's probably people thinking like, Oh, well, what about their size, you know, this and that, like the size has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't like that is just something that was put into the male um, mind, you know, to complement their ego or to, you know, boost their ego, like you're your penis can't really do anything to my vaginal walls, honey. Like, get over it. Anyways, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. That's not how the body works. So if you've ever been with someone that's had that quote unquote, loose feeling, or you feel like you have that loose feeling um, in your vagina, it just means that your pelvic floor muscles are weak. That's all it means. It does not mean, you know, that you've, had sex with a bunch of people. It doesn't mean that you've had sex a bunch of times. It doesn't mean that you've like ruined your vagina with like tampons or, you know, sex toys, whatever. All it means is that your pelvic floor muscles are weak. And this can happen with age. It can happen after birth. It can happen with trauma to the body. So surgery, birth, forced entry, such as rape or sexual assault, anything like that. Um, And I did a whole week um, on pel- on the pelvic floor and how to strengthen it and different things you can do. Um, that's on my IG at Sex and Spanglish. So if you're not following me, go ahead and follow me. And um, it wasn't too long ago. I think it was maybe like three weeks ago. There's an entire week's worth of information about strengthening the pelvic floor and why we want to do that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, very helpful. Go and look there. I also on IGTV, I also did a series on um, different Kegel weights that are devices that you can use to strengthen your pelvic floor. So go ahead and check that out as well. Um, On the other hand, if you're having pain in your vagina, if you feel that it's too tight, Um, So it's really hard for um, a penis to enter or a sex toy or even a tampon. That probably means that your pelvic floor is too tight, which means that you should probably see a pelvic floor therapist. Well, I think that everybody should see a pelvic floor therapist, especially see one if you are in pain. The one that I personally recommend is located in Santa Cruz, California, and she's currently doing um, virtual meetings because California is still on lockdown due to Corona. Um, I have her information on my website. I will also leave it in the show notes, Um, but her name is Sarah Tonza and you can find her um, at Pelvic Potential on Instagram. That's her uh, pelvic floor uh, therapy business that she runs. Uh, She's amazing. She's also sex positive. um, And I've personally seen her and I love her. So uh, if you're looking for someone and you're not sure who to go to, I would definitely go to Sarah. If you want to see someone in person, she may have some recommendations. I don't know, but definitely check out the show notes to find her information. So this next segment is something that I like to call Ask a Future Doctora. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm actually applying to the Ph.D. program uh, later this year, and I really believe in speaking things into existence. So Ask a Future Doctora is going to be a segment where you'll be asking me, a future doctora, um, any questions or concerns you might have about sex and sexuality. So if you have a question you want answered on the podcast or a topic you want me to talk about, go ahead and DM me on Instagram, at Spanglish and you can also email me at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. So today's question is, my partner wants to have anal, but it hurts. So this isn't necessarily a question, but I can definitely talk about it and talk you through it. And there's two points I want to emphasize here. First, my question to you is, do you want to? I think that a lot of times we just um, assume just because our partner wants to do something, that we should also do it. And that's not true. If you really don't feel comfortable doing something or you don't want to do it, don't do it. Period. You know, if you decide like, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have anal, but my partner does and you know, I want to please him or, you know, whatever. And you go ahead and do it. Your body's going to react because your body knows that you don't want to, so it's going to tense up and it's going to hurt. Which brings me to my next point. Anal should not hurt. It shouldn't. So if it hurts, stop doing it, come and talk to me, and then you can go back and do it if that's what you really want to do. But it should not hurt. So if you do want to have anal and you want it to be pleasurable and not painful, then I have a few tips for you. The person who is having their ass penetrated is in control always. So this message that was sent to me was by a woman who has sex with a man. So in her case, she's the one being penetrated by her partner, right? So she should be in control. That is a way to prevent injury. I mean, you don't want like your ass muscles ripping, do you? Like I would assume not. So the easiest way to prevent that is for her to be in control. The, the penis owner or her partner, whatever you want to call him, he's not going to know when he's, you know, going too far until probably until it's too late. So it's best for her to be in control. Another point, don't learn off of porn. Porn is the world's biggest educator but it's also the worst educator. It doesn't show all the behind-the-scenes footage, right? The it doesn't show the porn stars practicing and prepping for these scenes. Um, porn stars, you know, they prep for these things. They use butt plugs. They, you know, they change their diet and things in order to prep for these scenes. And you don't you don't see that because it's not very sexy or whatever, you know. But that's really what has to happen. Porn stars train their ass, literally. And there are kits available for this that you can purchase. Um, I'll include one as an example in the show notes. And there are tons of different kinds. Um, But typically, they'll have like lube. They'll have different sizes of um, butt plugs that you can use. Um, So definitely check out the show notes to see um, an example of one. And as I said, the kits usually have lube. Lube, lube, lube. You need to use lube if you're going to do anal. If you're going to have anal, you need to use it. The ass does not secrete lubrication like the vagina does. So if you do not use lube, you're going to end up tearing something. It's going to hurt. Use lube. I will provide a link to a lube that I use in the show notes, and it's perfect for anal or even penis and vagina sex. Um, Yeah, (laughs) use lube. Another thing is to avoid spicy foods. This may sound weird, but you need to plan when you're going to have anal. So if you decide, hey, we're gonna have anal on Saturday, then that means maybe on Wednesday, you stop eating spicy foods and switch to more of a bland diet so that your digestive system can kind of get a break and when you go to have anal, you're not having issues, right? Um, Also, the day of, ensure you've had a bowel movement. I don't care if you had it the night before, you need to have it also the day of because if not, you're going to end up in a shitty situation, literally. Um, Yeah, you don't want to shit on your partner. I mean, maybe you do. That's, that's entirely up to you. But we're talking about anal hair. We're not talking about shit fetishes. So yeah, make sure you've had a bowel movement. And my last point is that progression is important. And that includes with toys and fingers, you know, your fingers, your partner's fingers. Um, there are different types of toys, like I said, that are included in the anal kits. There's different sizes of butt plugs. So start out small and then use that for a while and then go up. And just like you would do with like weights at the gym, for example, you know, you increase your weight over time. It's the same thing. You're stretching out your, um, your anal cavity poco a poco. The same thing with your fingers. You're getting your body used to that, right? That's all I have on anal. Next week, I'll be soltando toda la sopa about why Latinos don't talk about sex, so be sure to subscribe. And if you found this information helpful, compártelo con una vecina, una prima y una cochina. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want Cheesemid before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on email me the chisme. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality. Sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.